everybody in this week of guys talking sports we're going to talk about the highly explosive high scoring rams and the uh, rams and chiefs games we're going to get into the nba we're going to talk about kevin Durant, the wizards what's going on with them and uh, oh what's going on in philadelphia with um, butler and markel folks this week of guys talking sports What is happening, everybody out there? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with these two uh, scallywags, Ace and Al. Um, how you guys doing today? And living a dream. That's all I can say, living a dream. <laughs> Always living a dream. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm just getting ready for this holiday weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, we're all getting ready for some turkey, some uh, some sweet potato pie, some yams, mac and cheese, and the fall of school, I'll be watching the Cowboys and the Redskins toss it up. So uh, I guess we're going to get right in there, your, your uh, pre-Thanksgiving podcast. So uh, let's hop right into it. There's been some stuff going on. Football is heating up. Um, there was definitely a game on last night. Um, no defense, hella offense. I heard uh, Vegas lost a lot because uh, they set the um, – the over um, at 65, and obviously they, uh, <laughs> the Rams and the um, <laughs> the Rams and the Chiefs, you know, blew past that by like 40 points. So uh, everybody bet the over one. So uh, they're uh, they're they're um, crying the blues right about now. But the game, everybody's talking about it was the um, you know an incredible game, game of the season, an instant classic. Um, even though it was no defense, I'm kind of a defensive minded person myself, but um, what do you guys think about it? I mean, you know, Jared Goff, he had, a, what was it, five TDs? Excuse me. No, six TDs, was it? Five. I think five that. TDs, yes. It was Patrick Mahomes that had six TDs and five right. turnovers and only lost by four points, being at 50 to 54. So um, after that offensive explosion, uh, what do you guys think about last night's game? Uh I guess for me, you know, it's funny when they sit there and they talk about college football and specifically the Big 12 and they claim that the Big 12 doesn't play any defense and they have shootout games every Saturday and they talk about all the pundits where, you know, you, you can't rely on any defensive player from the Big 12. Well, you know what? Screw you. Screw you. Because this is what the NFL and the rules committee and everybody's talking about now because they want to see this style of play in the NFL. I think it sucks. You know, you, you, you watch the NFL, not so much for the jarring hits and all that good stuff, though it, it does bring some value to the entertainment level. But uh, you watch the NFL because you like to see – you like to see that there's some sort of semblance of defense. You like to see that there's a struggle to score. And – and uh, it's a hard fought victory. Now, don't get me, don't get it wrong. It's a great entertainment to sit there and watch teams just go up the field and score on one another. You know, and you play defense like you say in Ole. You know, you just move the little red thing and just let it go by. Sure, I mean, I guess, I guess that's cool. But I guess for me, I prefer to see a little defense. I don't mind seeing a 31-27 game. I don't mind so much a 35-31 game because there is some sort of a defense. Some, some, somebody had to stop somebody. But, you know, it's my understanding that if Mahomes didn't get his elbow knocked ever so slightly on that last pass that got picked off, 
it was probably going to be a completion for a big game and possibly leading to a, a leading touchdown, which probably would have left too much time for the Rams to then try to score another touchdown to win the game. So, I don't know. I, I guess people got what they wanted. They wanted an action-filled game that's full of offense. I prefer to have a, a lower-scoring game with plenty of defense. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. To be honest, I kind of agree with you. Um, as much as this is an offensive-driven league with the NFL, the NBA, so many other sports out there, um, it's kind of good to see a defensive um, good. I prefer a defensive game more so than an offensive game um, because that's what makes things so interesting. Like, you know, the, the it's not more so of a scoring thing, who can score, but more so who can stop the score. And I think that's what makes the and defense wins championships. So, you know, you make your mark going to your defense alone. So even though this was a high scoring game and people are saying that, you know, they're the way that they seem the way with the records, it indicates this may be a quote unquote Super Bowl, you know, a Super Bowl type game going down the road with these same two teams. I just feel as though that until the defense comes into play more so often, I, I don't really see them being in the Super Bowl just yet. I think they need to do work. I need both. I think both teams need to work on their defense a little bit more, especially if it's a high-scoring game like this. Yeah, and you think about it. It was a high-scoring game. The ball is being slung all, all across the field. And even if you look at it, I wonder if Patrick Mahomes didn't have all those turnovers. I mean, three turnovers that gave them – gave them um, the Rams 21 points, which they probably didn't deserve. I mean, they easily could have been like 60-plus over there because neither one of their secondaries is um, was playing any kind of street D. Um, um, I, know, I know I know, the Rams are basically are, are begging for, um, who was it, uh, Akeem Talib <laughs> in the secondary. Like they, like, they need something because basically it was like a pitch and catch out there. I mean, you see him. Defenders getting blown by. I mean, you're seeing secondary and safeties not picking up assignments. I mean, the running backs, and I mean, both the Rams and the Chiefs have two premier running backs with um, Kareem Hunt and um, Todd Gurley Jr. And neither one of them really was even really needed. I mean, Todd Gurley, when you needed him to run the rock to kind of slow things down and to kind of limit the touches by the Kansas City Chiefs, what do they do? They just keep throwing the ball. When you need a Kareem Hunt to run the rock, to slow it down, to limit Jared Goff and the Rams with touches, what do they do? They throw to Tyreek Hill. Now, a couple of times, some of those defenders slipped, and Tyreek was wide open, especially to think it was his second TD. There was nobody around for him for, like, close to 15 yards. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, he, he just literally walked into the end zone. I mean, just trotted in there. So, to me, I like defense. I agree with you. I think that this was probably – I don't know if this is going to be a trend or a blip, but I could see a good defensive team that has a good, strong secondary that can definitely give them fits. And Patrick Mahomes has been subject to the uh, Brett Favre syndrome where he kind of slings things around and tries to do things when he shouldn't do, and it bites him into behind. And normally he can just outscore the team, but I could see in the playoffs, I can see a team like, let's say – the Pittsburgh Steelers giving them a giving up a heck of a go, or maybe even the Chargers giving them a heck of a go, um, and maybe causing them problems where they're not scoring fifty plus fifty plus points. But uh, 
I'm with you. I don't know if it's going to be the Chiefs or the Rams, but I mean, some people are going to have just something to say about it. The Saints definitely going to have something to say about that. Yeah, but the Saints play defense, though. I mean, that's at least the Saints play defense. The Saints, who did the Saints just crush? Oh, Philly. Yeah. The Saints just literally crushed Philly, and the Phillies' offense isn't like no slouch. <laughs> now, now, I'm a Giants fan. I ain't going to defend the Eagles, but <laughs> I will give them a little slack because their entire secondary is, is, is injured. So uh, but, but I'll talk- give them a little bit of slack. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but we're talking about Philly's offense. There ain't no injuries over there. Yeah, ain't just... <laughs> and the Saints pretty much shut them down. <laughs> yeah. So the years passed when the Saints had offense and no defense. They finally – their defense actually caught up with their offense and are playing – Premier offensively, and they're playing much better defensively, not allowing as many points as they've allowed in the past, I should say. But this game last night, and I will be very honest, like I said to you guys earlier, I did not watch a single lick. But I don't need to watch a single lick of the game knowing that it was a 54-51 game or whatever the hell the score was. Tells me no defense whatsoever. When you can score 14 touchdowns in a game, man – and, but sadly enough, there were three defensive touchdowns. So <laughs> that's the crazy part. So think about if 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 Mahomes uh, didn't throw the three picks, I think one was a pick six and one was a fumble, scoop fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yep. So, so you take away those 14 points and you add on – Hell, you don't even have to add on anything. The, uh, uh, the Chiefs win this game running away. <laughs> yeah, so I guess fourteen points. I mean, they they went uh, they went to fifty one to forty. Right, and that's Mahomes still giving away the ball four additional times or three additional times, I guess, because there's still two more picks and another uh, another fumble. <laughs> So yeah. I, I I just don't get it, man. I, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I hope this isn't a trend. I hope that the NFL Rules Committee does something to, to at least make it so that defensive players can actually be defensive players again. Because if they're going to go this route, they might as well just make it flag football with, with pads or something. Uh, it looked like flag football with the way all the um, the orange uh, <laughs> penalties are being tossed anytime someone breathed next to a receiver. Hmm. <sighs> So so sad, so sad. But you kind of figured it was going to get start going that route eventually with all the quote with the injuries that are out there now with CTEs and stuff like that. Kind of figured that this would eventually go down that route um, where they're trying to make it a little bit more quote unquote safer um, for the quarterback, if anything. So you know. It's not just safer for the quarterback, but safer for all NFL players. Yeah, but the NFL could have did something about this to get ahead of the CTE thing years ago. But they, they chose to ignore it, so they, they're they trying to deal with it now. But that's another conversation for a different day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, like I said, it was a high-scoring game. It was a good game. The networks and everybody was pleased about it. Um, like I said, me personally, I like a little bit of defense. You know, tossed in there. Um, 
I think both the teams are vulnerable. You know, the Saints beat the Rams, was it, two weeks ago. So, um, And the Saints have a nice combination when they want to, a passing the ball, and they can run the ball with, you know, with Ingram and um, Kamara. Hell, you can even split friggin' um, Kamara out in the wide receiver and let him, and let him do business. So I, it's going to be interesting playoffs. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, the Bears are definitely um, – or surprising me. I mean, Khalil Mack has definitely, you know, put some juice into that defense over there. So, and Mitchell Trubinsky is having a heck of a second year. So, um, the Bears, I think the Bears will take the NFC, NFC North, but um, they're, they're going to be forced to be reckoned with in the playoffs, depending on how the seating falls. I'm, hmm. yeah, the Bears are playing nice. I, I am curious about, uh, I want to see how far – I want to see if Kansas City – was it an Alex Smith thing where they could play well in the regular season and couldn't do squat in the, in the playoffs? Or is it more of an Andy Reid and coaching thing once they get to the playoffs that, you know, they can't do squat? So I'm curious to see how Kansas City kind of progresses beyond the regular season because this is nothing new for Kansas City as far as winning is concerned. To see how they do in the playoffs, so I think that's where I'm really intrigued, and I'm also intrigued about the NFC East. Who's going to be the shittiest of the shitty, and and come away <laughs> with that particular division? <laughs> I mean, we, we. I mean, to be honest, it looked like it was Washington's to lose, and kind of it, it seems like now it is Washington's to lose at this point because. Now everybody's writing off them now that that Smith injury happened. Um, So now you have the Eagles and the Cowboys now, quote unquote, um, trying to um, battle out to get that, to take that position from the Redskins. So it's going to be interesting. I honestly think the Giants still got a shot. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, mathematically, they're not out of it. I mean, that's the funny thing. I mean, they, I mean, they have the Eagles this weekend. So if they, if they beat the Eagles and the Cowboys beat the Redskins, I mean, then you know they're what two games out of it with a couple of games left to go. Still games to play against the Redskins and the Cowboys. So I mean, I, it's not a long shot. I don't think they'll make it up there. But crazier things have happened in this league. So I mean, right now, like you said, with the Alex Smith injury. It does put this division kind of really in flux. I mean, uh, and to me, it kind of does put the, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not going to say in the driver's seat, but it does give them much more of a better shot, um, you know, at, at maybe, you know, winning this division. But, uh, you know, let's see how – if let's see what happens on Thursday. I mean, Redskins lose, it's <laughs> – it's everything that's up in the air. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, it'll be so interesting to see if that whole division. I'm not, I would like. I put it like this: I would not be surprised if that whole division ends up like one game away from each other. I'm going to the final season. I mean, the final game of the season. Like they're all like seven or eight or something like that with type, that type of record. I would I, not I, be surprised. I truly think that a team could be seven and nine and come out of that division. Uh, Somebody got to win it, but I, I'll probably say nine and nine and six wins it. 
Outside of the Saints, I mean, the Dallas, well, these next two games, I think, is going to be the telltale sign because you have the Redskins on Thursday on a short week, and then right after that, you have the Saints. Um, so I think these next two, and then after that, the Eagles. So I think the next three games is going to determine whether the Cowboys are going to be in a position to win a division or not. I agree with that. I don't think they will. <laughs> I actually – I. <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna stick with my I'm gonna stick with my point that the Redskins are still in the winners' division. I think the Giants might have turned the corner a little bit. I think the Giants could roll off a couple wins, and the inconsistency of the rest of the, the rest of the league. And I know Colt McCoy is the starting starting quarterback, but he's a backup for a reason. And uh, the Redskins still don't have legitimate receivers out there to really carry carry the load. AP is only going to do so much. You can see his production is it's coming down ever so slightly every game. You know, so I truly think, I truly think the Giants might have figured it out. They're on a two-game win streak right now, right? Yeah. And who do you guys have next? The Eagles. Eagles. And the Eagles are down. So I, I think you guys are going to beat the Eagles. That puts you guys, what, at uh, four and seven? Yes, and I'll be very, very not happy because I want them to go for a nice high draft pick to get a QB in right now. Dude, that, that's a lot of jeopardy. <laughs> Giant, Giants are making the playoffs at seven and nine. Wow! I wow. Well, I'm a Giants did, fan, and I can't even I can't even see that. Well, he did pick the Giants um, beginning of the season. I did. I did. So he's I kind was of sticking with his guns. I was totally disappointed and disgusted with their play, but they. I think they are truly. Starting to turn the corner. I think they're starting to understand their team. And if if the O line, it looks like the O line is starting to do something right. I haven't watched much of the Giants, but the O line is, I think, has been giving Eli a little bit better protection. They've always had the weapons, and their defense ain't that bad. <laughs> it's so funny um, hearing from a non-Giants fan <laughs> how he's bigging them up while the Giants fan is sitting there like, hey, I don't think that's going to happen. It's, it's, it's kind of <laughs> ironic. <laughs> only one team out of this – it's only going to be one team going to play out of this division. So, it, so it's it, – I'm not going to say no, but I think the uh, – the Giants, you know, the Giants' road is a little bit tougher because they're going to have the Bears out there and um, right after the Eagles um, and the Titans. And I don't know, the Titans were playing good right now. They're kind of they've been they've been kind of whiffling a little bit. So I don't know. It's can I see them winning all their games? No, I see them losing to the Bears, and I can see them losing to the Titans. Everybody else, maybe. 
So that puts them at nine losses, seven wins. <laughs> wins, <laughs> wins the uh, <laughs> I think they're gonna be the Eagles because I don't think I think the Eagles are done. I never I I wouldn't bet that game because the Giants and the Eagles have weird games. Trust me, I'm a Giants fan, long it, it's very weird. The unexpected always happens. I agree with you on that. <laughs> I've seen a game where these where these guys had them down by twenty plus points in the fourth quarter, seven minutes to go, and still blew it. <laughs> so I, I probably won't even watch that game. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna enjoy this turkey. <laughs> and I'm gonna pass so, on the game. So Earl, who you got going? I mean, for the NFC East, then. Curious. <sighs> Pre Alex Smith getting hurt, I was all in on the Redskins. After that, uh, if they beat the if they beat the Cowboys with Colt McCoy and he's went down in Dallas and beat them before, um, you talking about when he was with the Browns? <laughs> yeah, he's done it. He beat them before. I mean, they're gonna have to. Be, it's gonna have to be a heavy dose of uh, AP. And his production has been declining every since the uh, first five weeks. I mean, um, he's not. Man. I'm just. I, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Seven to nine, Jax. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I believe that Colt McGoy is gonna come in, um, and he may have, if he has a really bad game or is struggling, I have a feeling that he's gonna get yanked for Mark Sanchez, and Mark Sanchez <laughs> is gonna carry them to the <laughs> NFC East with the play. Oh, like how Marcy did with the Eagles for those two couples. Ah, see, yes. Now you catch on. Yes, now you catch on. So I, I'm going to make that prediction. If Colt McCoy does well, I think that's going to – the Redskins is going to continue their winning ways. If – to be honest, it, it's really Washington's to lose. I mean, I don't have faith in Dallas right now. And I could see the Giants making some type of run, but I don't think it won't be enough at, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, they barely got by the 49ers. I mean, that that was a skate win, and they barely got by the Buccaneers. And, you know, both of those teams are not playing that well anyway. So I'm not a total believer in, in it just yet. But like I said, if they beat the Eagles, then I'll perk my ears up. But as of right now, I'm still – I'm not – I'm hedging my bets on that one. <laughs> I'm still I'm going to still go with the Redskins if they beat the Cowboys. If they lose to the Cowboys, I have no idea who's going to win this division. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be a fun last couple of weeks, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So we're going to switch gears here and get into the NBA real quick. So we're going to stick in Washington. So I know there's been a lot of talk, um, a lot of drama going on, um, definitely with the Wizards. Um, I mean, we haven't even really gotten to the whole Kevin Durant and, you know, Draymond Green thing. But uh, before we do that, let's uh, – Take a moment to pay some bills and honor our sponsor, uh, MyBookie, MyBookie.com. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the game. Guys, you heard me talking about this for weeks. Some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're an expert or rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Pick three teams to win. And if you hit all three, you can turn 100 into 600. There's so much to bet on. Playoff baseball, basketball, hockey, 
primetime fights, and more. But my bookie is the one to bet, and I know you'd be happy with it all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. MyBookie has been in the business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. MyBookie is offering 100% bonus for the last time this year. That's right. You've been thinking about pitching and picking all season, but haven't manned up and haven't manned up yet? It's time to make your move. After Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss that bonus goodbye. Also, make sure you follow at MyBookie on Twitter and Instagram. They personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention, they've given away nearly 10 grand in free money to the followers that so far season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Now log on to my bookie right now and don't miss it on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code GUYS100 and you get your first deposit matched 100%. That's promo code GUYS100. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, and we're back. So, uh, oh, this looks like a pretty decent game, Ace. Uh, your Duke boys are um, having a little dogfight here with um, Auburn. The 64-56 midway in the second second half. Duke's winning? Uh, they're winning. They probably will win, but they're getting a little bit of um, – so they get a little comp from Auburn. Yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate them uh... – I don't anticipate them going uh, undefeated. Ah, but you did say that that was going to happen in a regular season. No, did I? Yes, you did. You made that prediction. You said you was going to go undefeated in the regular season, but they was going to lose in the tournament. Oh. And and that is very much possible. And I say (laughs) that because, I mean, they're not – because, I mean, you've seen the Kentucky squads do that, and you've seen some other squads – Mostly Kentucky squads that go undefeated and then they lose in the tournament. So, like, yeah, yes, I do remember saying that. They, they, they'll probably get some competition, but they ain't going to see no real competition outside of North Carolina twice, maybe NC State, Virginia. Nah. <laughs> There's still, what, three freshmen starting, so they're still a young squad. So if they get to the tourney, I can see them – I can see them losing to a team that has um, some juniors and seniors that plays that plays clean, unblemished, good basketball. And those are always the teams that always give these um, high-ranked, you know, one-and-done teams lots of problems. We saw Kentucky get, get toasted like that before. Heck, you saw Villanova a couple of years back get toasted like that, you know. They get these um, teams, you know, these squads that, you know, very experienced, don't turn the ball over and hit shots and, not, and play good defense. And you can get a good uh, one and done team out all the time. Yeah, I agree. Let's think about basketball. So, Ace, you're, in, you're down in the D.C. land. What the hell is going on with the Wizards? Man, I don't know. John Wall cussing out the coach. <laughs> uh, people from last season was happy when, when Wall was hurt. Played better when Wall was hurt. I don't know. It's 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 hit a, le- a level of dysfunction now where it only makes sense to blow it up because it doesn't seem like they can coexist. It was I think it was just two, maybe three seasons ago when the NBA was deeming that Wall and Beal was the best co- uh, backcourt in basketball, and I think that was yes. As a matter of fact, that was the season before 
when they were ripping through the playoffs and Wall, I think, broke his finger or his thumb. And they would have ended up playing Cleveland in the final that year. I don't know if that's the year Cleveland actually won the finals or not. But they were destined to play Cleveland in the in the, the, uh, the Eastern Conference Championship. And Wall broke his hand. And I think they lost the, the series of seven to uh, Boston. Was that Boston? Probably was Boston. Yes, because it was Isaiah, Isaiah and Crowder that that team was on. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. So that's when they deemed them because I guess they were playing their best basketball and they were, you know, working together and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what the hell happened between that point and now. But from what I read, they wanted to try to keep Wall and Bill together and try to trade other pieces of Otto and um, I forget the other cat's name. But they gave Otto that ridiculous-ass contract Ain't nobody trading for that ridiculous contract. I think they gave him like a four-year, $80 million or some million-dollar contract. Ain't nobody paying that much for auto, but then again, that's the going price for a mediocre basketball player in the NBA anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you, we, we just we just went about life all wrong, the way they're giving out these contracts. Not like we would ever benefit it because of our age, but uh, but our children. Our children should be able to benefit from these ridiculous-ass contracts. Um, I don't know, man. If I, if from the outside looking in and being I'm in Baltimore and I don't really have my ear to the pulse that much to DC sports anymore, but from what I gather, from what I hear from the different individuals, they just hit the point where they don't, they don't even care. Some want to keep walls, some want wall to go, some want to keep Bill, some want Bill to go, some don't even mind that both of them are gone and they're willing to rebuild. You know, if it were up to me and I was the general manager, I would try to get the best I could for both of them, try to get some decent young talent, and, you know, pull a, pull a 76ers and, and, and ask if they could borrow that trademark and trust the process and just kind of go from there. <laughs> that would be my – that would be my course of action. Um. <clears throat> First of all, me personally, they need to get rid of Eddie. I mean, Ernie Grofeld. Dude's been there way too long for a GM, and I said that last week. Um, they really need to get rid of him. They he's really been need there to... for about five years in DC. He's, 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 he's been there since I don't even can't remember. Since Bernard um, King was with the Knicks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like it's been that long. But they definitely need to get rid of him. I mean. The people that they brought in, the players that they brought in, is just not working. And, I mean, to give Wall that ridiculous contract, to me, is just mind-boggling when you factor in that they haven't even made it to, like, the conference finals. And, you know, you're overpaying somebody now that who's now going to be starting to get paid, like, thirty over $30 million beginning of next season. It's going to be difficult to try and get rid of his contract. So – the only two pieces that you're going to have to start off new is with Bradley Bill and um, Otto Porter. But they do have some people outside out, other than those th- two people that you can trade and at least start the rebuilding process. So it be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I could honestly say that they can't stay pat at this moment. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do. I'm very interested to see what the owner is going to do because the owner is like, look, if we go continue going down the ship, I got to make some drastic changes. 
So um, right now, they, it just seems as though that they're just not playing. They're, the leadership is all wrong. Like, all jokes aside, the leadership is all wrong. I know that Wall is supposed to be, unquote, the, the leader of, the, of that group, but right now the leadership is going in a totally different direction, and, and it doesn't seem as though everybody's aboard on with Well, I'll agree. I, um, you know, definitely a lot of, um, it's a mess over there. And I think they're just going to have to just, I mean, the owner's going to have to blow it up. Um, just like start afresh. I mean, yeah. I mean, when they're talking about they're willing to put wall and bill on a trading block, I mean, they're willing to pick up the phone and listen to offers. Then, yeah, I think it's time to cut bait. It's time to start over new. I mean, get a new GM if you need that. I mean, trade the assets that you can trade. I mean, um, both Will and, and um, both Wall and Bill both have high, you know, high salaries. So, I mean, um, there's going to be takers for both of them. I mean, they both probably need a fresh start elsewhere. The whole team needs a fresh start elsewhere. I know they were in, in trouble when they signed Dwight Howard, but, you know, I mean, you know, it's, I agree. But, but if the question is, if they do trade them, where, where could they trade them to? Or who do you think would be possible buyers for their services? Oh, I, I have a question. Is Bill still on his rookie contract? No. He no. got paid? Yeah, Bill is, Bill is at, I think it's over, uh, close to 20000 right now for Bill with two years left. Oh, 20 million? Oh, 20 million, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my God. 20 million with like two years left on his contract. He's getting 25 mil yeah. plus, yeah. So, 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 so. And he's not even the highest paid player. Right. So. On that spot? Oh, uh, he is, actually. He is? Yeah, higher yeah. than. High I thought Porter was highest. No. Oh, by $1 million. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you think of the chances that. <laughs> I like using Cleveland because they're in a rebuild mode or whatever. What do you What do you think the chances that uh, Cleveland was doing a trade of some sort to put J.R. Smith and Washington for, say, I don't know. Obviously, if you're thinking about getting rid of Wall or Beal, I would I would assume in this scenario, <laughs> what if What if they offered Kevin Love and J.R. Smith for Beal? You know, you really you brought that same scenario. No, no, I, no. Last last time it was it was uh, Bill and Love was, straight up. No, it was um, Wall for Love straight up. No, 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 no. It was Bill for Love. Really? Yeah, you said right, Bill so for now Love. You, because... Now you're throwing the Jr. Smith too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think Cavs are outright going to just going to just let him go. Well, he's talking about he ain't trying to get bought out. No, nah, he can't get bought out. Well, not, I'm not saying he can't get bought out, but – He doesn't um, want to. He doesn't – well, yeah, number one, he doesn't want to. And number two, I think they I, – I, how the contract is constructed, um, I think it will be co- more costly to buy him out than um, it would be much more easier to trade him at this point. Mm. Uh, from, what I'm, from what I read in reports, it would be much more easier for the Cavs to trade him instead of buying him out. Washington would get rid of that ridiculous contract. They'll come off with some money. Yeah, 
But here's, here's the thing, like, only reason why Bill is, like, at this point expendable is because I really believe that no one will take Wall's contract. So they kind of stuck with Wall, I think, no matter what. It would be very interesting to see if they could find a taker for Wall's contract, bottom line. Like, to put up that much money, I take that back. I would not be surprised if the Knicks would do that for Wall. <laughs> and who, who are they going to give up? Nicolina? I could see them giving up Nicolina, um, Moutier, maybe a Courtney Lee, um, and some other people, some other um, players, maybe one or two more players, and draft picks. It'd have to be a three-way trade for that because then how the hell would uh, Washington even can absorb that many players? No, what to- I'm saying is that what they probably would do is give up maybe um, Washington would give up some of these maybe – um, one year salary type players that's making like 100, oh, I mean, yeah. 1 million or minimum um, to help accum- accumulate those players um, to get traded by the Knicks, whatever their high price players are to balance out the, the, the actual contract gotcha, gotcha. and maybe throw in like a second round pick for cash considerations. It is possible. Um, but that's only if the Knicks would really want John Wall. Well, who they who who they got as a point there? Who? The Knicks? Knicks. Uh, they got Trey Burke. Trey Burke, um, Frank Nilakila, and Manuel Mouye. And they are they poised to make the playoffs? <laughs> who, the Knicks? Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, look, once you get past the top four in the East, then it's, it's like a crapshoot. <laughs> now, hey. the Knicks right now is two and eleven now. Oh, no, damn, they worse than Cleveland? Four and ten. Sorry, four and ten. Oh, I am about to say, not damn, sometimes. somebody's actually worse than Cleveland. Okay. Not, um, not yet. <laughs> but the question is, are those teams, I guess, for me, I guess, it depends on what's the mindset of the Cavaliers and Dan Gilbert. Is his mindset that he wants to have a bad season so he can be in the high, in the high running for, you know, high draft pick, whether it's Zion or whether it's the other kid, you know, other two kids out of um, Duke. Maybe yeah. the Knicks are in the same mindset as well. So would you want to bring on somebody like a John Wall or Bradley Bill? Well, it can help you in the short run, but maybe decrease your chances of getting one of those top, you know, three picks because I think this year the top three picks is probably going to be as prized as they have been in the probably the last maybe seven years. Yeah. Correct. And like I said, like with the Wizards, I mean, there are a couple of teams out there that really do need a point guard. So – um, I would. I mean, I could see some people maybe kicking the tires to see what um, would be on the table for Wall. I just don't. I see Bradley Bill right now being the best choice to make a trade. Unfortunately, not because of his skill set, but because of the contract that he has. It'd be much more feasible, feasible, and a lot more teams would want Bill um, out of the three that's out there in Washington. Right. Right. That's a good question. Yeah, so so uh, sticking with stick with the NBA real quick, just just to briefly get into it. We know there's all been all the talk, you know, out of Golden State with Draymond Green and Durant. I know we really didn't delve too much into it. So, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on? Let me well, let me phrase this. Do you guys believe that this is Durant's last season as a Golden State Warrior? Winner, 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 lose the chip. I do. 
I forget who made the comment. Somebody made a comment in the league of saying that, you know, how do people feel with KD, LeBron, and oh, oh, and AD all playing for LA next year? Because that's where he, that's what this one particular player is speculating is going to happen. That, yeah, that's Jack. What, yeah, that's what it's going <laughs> to. Right. I forgot. Yeah. He's saying mm-hmm. that he believes he believes Anthony Davis, KD, and LeBron are all going to be playing for the Lakers next year. And I would think that KD would be like a hired gun for two years or something like that. Because I don't see them signing him, you know, them for like three or four year contracts. I think it's going to be like a really high two year contracts to get a couple, get a, a couple quick back to back thing going. And then they can go on their merry way. I, I, I just don't understand it. If that was, I, to be honest, I don't believe it. Me personally, mm-hmm. uh, I just think that Jared, you know, that maybe you know, there could be rumblings about it, but it just doesn't make sense. Um, especially from KD's standpoint. I mean, if he, I could, if he wants to leave Golden State, that's understandable. Um, you know, to 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 build your own legacy, I guess. I, I guess I could understand that, but why would AD want to go to LA? I mean, AD can easily it'd be much more easier for AD to stay in New Orleans, get the supermax contract, and and it's not like they're not building the team. He could just recruit players to come to New Orleans. It'd be much more feasible that way. So. I, I I just don't understand this whole thing about why does everybody superstars that have you know that has the ability to be free agents why is it that they always have to go to L.A. to play with LeBron or go to a team to play with LeBron like it doesn't make sense and I, I guess I'm just I, I'm I don't understand it like I could see KD doing it to go play with um. When now I can see why KD did it to go play with Raymond, play with Clay, and play with Steph because it wasn't just about the superstars; it was more about the brotherhood <clears throat> and the fact that everybody's playing cohesive. Like AD, KD, and LeBron all are the same type of player, where they would need the ball more ways than one. So why would you put those type of t- players together at the same on the same team. It doesn't make sense. Just say you're tired of the BS, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well. I'm not saying. Well, technically, I'm I'm way beyond tired of that. But my point is, is that it just doesn't make sense for KD to go to LA. Sorry, not to the Lakers. I just don't see a reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know. I think this was this definitely his last year. I mean, unless they win the chip and they're able to talk him into a one more year at the new stadium when they get there um, to try to go for four in a row if they win three. Um, but I definitely think, like, this is probably – right now I think his mindset is probably last season unless they're able to change his mind. I don't know about going – Maybe AD might go to LA, but I don't think Kevin Durant is. I think Kevin Durant wants to compete against against LeBron. Um, so, I mean, he could he could have had the opportunity to try to make something happen this year if he could have tried to you know force his way out of there to go to LA. But I mean, I can see him going to the Clippers. 
Uh, now that I can see. But then again, the problem is is that wherever he goes, if he goes to the, the Los Angeles Lakers, he's going to another ball dominant person. He's not going to be like a Russell Westbrook, but he's going to be like a Russell Westbrook light in a sense. But you're still going to be overshadowed by the man. No matter how good you are, no matter how good AD is, is always going to be LeBron's team. And I think they both – I think KD wants the opportunity to do it really on his own without having anybody to compete with. Um, AD I can maybe see because I think he wants to be a, a bigger fish in a bigger pond. But I agree with you. Why leave where he's at? You can get the Supermax contract there, but – in this day and age, the Superman contract doesn't always equate to what they want. They'll go in and sign a one-year or two-year deal and then max out once they see what their options are. But, yeah, I think he's going, but I don't think he's going to go play with LeBron, Katie, that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I just don't see it. And how would that money work? Like, when you think about it, somebody's going to have to take a pay cut for that to happen. And – I don't think Kevin Durant is going to take another pay cut just to play with Le- Le- with LeBron and AD. Like he could just do that, just stay in with Golden State and still win multiple championships. So I, I that's why I'm like I just don't see how people keep saying that they should go like certain players should go to different teams um, that have superstars in the making. How would the finances work? Are the teams going to be willing to pay over the luxury tax for this? And then after all that, when you do pay for the luxury tax, how are you going to afford quality players to play alongside with these superstars? They know they're getting the bottom of the barrel, people. <laughs> but then, if they get, but if they get in the bottom of the barrel, people, then how are they going to stand? How are they going to fare well in the playoffs? Like that's what I'm trying. Like it has to be some type of balance. Like you can't just over, like overpay like two players, two or three players, and don't think that the rest of the team is still going to be nothing because you're still not going to have a better record because it's not balanced. It's going to be some type of issue going forward. Well, you, you, you guys say that, you know, Anthony Davis, um, why would he leave New Orleans? But do you see star players trying to flock to be in New Orleans to be with Anthony Davis? I, I'm not saying that New Orleans is a bad destination to be, mm-hmm. but he find it very he find it very hard pressed for LeBron to try to recruit players to come to Cleveland. You know, I think it has everything to do with the actual city that these jokers belong to, and they would prefer to play in a big time city of New York, L.A., um, or or a team with a winning tradition, say a Boston or however, you know. I, 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 if, if it was years ago, I would say, yes, I get that. But the way things are right now, it, I don't think it even matters anymore where they play at. I mean, perfect example is Paul George. Like, he was saying for a long time that he wanted to play in L.A. And eventually he got traded to OKC. And then after playing a year with, with Russ, he decided to stay in OKC. So, you know, it's not – you know, I, not every superstar has that has that desire to play in a big city. Agreed. But you got that superstar has to want to say, I want to stay here and build something. Russ never said he wanted to leave OKC. He was willing to take that Supermax contract and try to build his legacy in OKC 
like you said, Paul George didn't want to come to OKC, but once he got there, he realized hey, it's not that bad. You know, I think it takes a player being traded to a specific team and being there for a while to say things aren't that bad. But I don't think these star players are going to sit there and say, well, you know what, I'm going to go to New Orleans just because I know AD is there. Yeah, you know? no, I agree with you. And that's where the management comes into play. Because when you think about it, like when AD was by himself, everything wasn't quote-unquote okay until they trade, made that trade for DeMarcus Cousins. When they made that carry for DeMarcus Cousins, he saw the love there. And he wasn't, you know, unfortunately, management didn't want to pay him, so which is why he's in Golden State now. But what it was is that they started making more trades. They felt as though that, you know, making more trades will convince players once they play here that they may want to stay here. And they didn't look at them. They, you know, Drew Holiday was already there, but then they traded for a Meritick and how well he's played there. And then they traded for Julius Randle. And, well, they signed Julius Randle. Um, for a free agency, and now he's playing there. So, you know, it's a combination of – it's not really just the teams per se. It's what management does to convince those free agents or to make those trades that is necessary for the for them that wants to stay there. And to be honest, they're trading because they want to keep AD there. And they, they're signing these free agents because they want to keep AD there. And to be honest, they really just a, – a, maybe a, ever since Peyton got hurt, Alfred Peyton got hurt, they was doing very well. Well, it's not to go to Alvaro, but just to say, um, I just want to say that there's no real loyalty in the sport anymore. You know? That is true. <laughs> oh, I would say in basketball. That is true. There's some some loyalty in, in baseball, and I know there's none in, in football just because of just the way it, it, it's run. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with any of those guys. I mean, Anthony, I mean – it was different time, different NBA was running the game. So, I mean, if you couldn't get Chris Paul to stay in New Orleans, but then again, David Stern was the one that was running that business. He was trying to make it attractive to somebody to buy it. Mm-hmm. So um, now you have the people that own it. I mean, will they be able to entice Anthony Davis to stay, you know, as a Pelican? Maybe the Saints win the chip. Maybe that might be an enticing thing to say, hey, we got something going on down here sports-wise. Why don't you stay here and build on top of what the Saints did? So, I mean, the Big Easy is a, is, is a nice town. I mean, it, it, it's love down there. If I'm Anthony Davis or at least I'm an NBA fan, I want him to stay there and build that team up and build that brand up. Um, but like you said, there's no loyalty. It all depends on, you know, where do you want to go? And for Kevin Durant, it all depends on – does he want to play for a, uh, a competitive team to go to the finals or does he want to stay and build something at this, at this time and age? I don't think he wants to stay and build. I think he wants to play for a competitive team, but I do agree. I think he wants to play for a competitive team that will compete against LeBron, not with LeBron. True. He's a higher gun at this point in his career. And last but not least, we're going to get to the 76ers who have all types of <laughs> things going on. Not only did they get Jimmy Butler in the trade, but their um, first overall pick, Markel Folks, is out once again to go see a shoulder specialist. And most people in Philadelphia are saying that they got sold a bill of goods by Markel Folks. And they want him out on the first thing smoking because they believe he's they, they, they believe they got, you know, they, you know, they bought a bad deal. I mean, they got a bad deal by drafting him because he hasn't done anything. Scared of a shot, finally got a shot, somewhat working, then has a shoulder. 
won't play until we see a, a shoulder you know, specialist. Who knows when he's going to play? So, um, guys, your real thoughts about what's going on in Philadelphia and how the process has been working? I have not heard. I just heard this little thing about his shoulder. Um, maybe he does have some legitimate shoulder issues. I don't know, but um, he has to. If it's if it's something like I haven't watched many Sixers games, um, but for for those of you that may have, you are, are out. Um, his shot was already jacked up to begin with. Now, did you see some sort of a shoulder ailment that made his shot even worse? I mean, was he that bad shooting the shots that you know? Or is it? Do you think it's just a mental thing? And well, just... what I'm hearing from right now from um, reports, especially on um, NBA radio, um, it's a nerve um, damage, um, ligament um, in his shoulder, um, which is one of the reasons why um, he's going to get it looked at. Um, he's going to see a specialist um, because they, from what I'm gathering, they they believe that it's a nerve ligament um, in his shoulder that I guess. It's fine when he gets a couple of ejections, but I guess it wears off. So it's acting up. So they're going to look at it to see and get it evaluated and see what to do from there. Um, So that's where it looks like it's not because of his form or anything. It's actually nerve damage on his shoulder. It was actually a legitimate type of injury. Well, I'm not saying it's official, but from the talks, it looks like it's a nerve damage in his shoulder. Yeah, that was the speculation a year ago. Um, that could be the reason why, for all of a sudden, you know, a guy that was, you know, could shoot, you know, in college, all of a sudden gets to the Sixers and, you know, can't shoot. So it was speculation, but now I think they want to take a deeper look. I think now with the, you know, inclusion of Jimmy Butler, which has definitely brought more juice into the city, I think it's easier to kind of put him off to the side and say, let's see what's really going on. You don't need them um, at this point. And so I guess we'll see. But Gene Butler's definitely, you know, got the city all nice and juiced up. But wait, wait, wait. I, mean, I, I definitely need to ask this question. So you said that the Philadelphia fans um, are basically saying that Markel folks sold them a bill of goods because – um, for them to get drafted him in the first round. You saying Philly fans are saying this? That's the sentiment with Philly fans that they believe he's a that he they're thinking that he's a bust because I mean you think of all the his players that came out after him that were picked. Everybody's doing good, especially Jason Tatum. So I mean the feeling is that he's he could be possibly a bust. I mean, we've had these injuries with some of the Sixers players with Joel Embiid. But he's came back and he's played. He had the issues with um, Ben Simmons. He's right sure to basically his his, his um, freshman year. He's came back. He's played. But Fultz has just been like one thing after another. So I think okay. there. I think the process is going to stop with him. <laughs> okay. Um. Can I can I say something real quick? Hey, go ahead. All right. All right. Let me say something, and I'm only going to say this to 76ers fans that believe that it's Markel Fultz's fault. And y'all got duped for whatever reason. Um, I'm only going to say this because I think y'all are very delusional 
if you're really going to blame Markel folks for something that your management decided to choose. Your management was the one that decided to trade up for Markel folks from three to one. So don't go blaming Markel Fultz because the 76ers picked him. My point is, is that if you think that for a fact that Markel Fultz is the problem and y'all got duped, I believe y'all are being duped for believing that. I don't know who told y'all who is selling y'all these bag of goods that you believe that it's Markel Fultz's fault. It is not Markel Fultz's fault. It's your management fault. You need to start blaming ownership or whoever decided to move up because that was a boneheaded move when you could have had Jason Tatum at the third position. You could have had either your choice of Jason Tatum or Markel Folks in the third position, but it was your Philly people that moved them up. So don't go blaming Markel Folks for something that management done. That's between you and management. Markel folks have nothing to do with it. Just because he's trying to figure out what's wrong with him and trying to get himself taken care of, you can't blame him for that. Bottom line. Well, no. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. It kills me that people, fans want to blame Markel folks for something that they know for a fact that it's his management's fault. You can't tell me as Sixers fans that you're really going to believe that Markel Folks is your pro- your problem. That that does not make sense at all. No, and if you believe that Markel Folks is a problem, you have a problem. No true athletes going to sit there and fake injuries so they won't play and collect the check. Yeah, like who does that? I I don't understand that. That's like that doesn't make sense at all. Right. So I think I truly think that uh, Sixer fans are probably just spoiled. You know they they've been through such a, you know, a hard transition from trusting the process and having so many painful seasons over the years, and they actually are good. And I guess they want to see all the first-round picks playing well, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, players get injured, players have injuries, you know, they'll work through, work it out. And if, you know, Fultz's contract, his rookie contract is up and they don't see any progress, you know, they'll let him go, but another team will take a flyer on him because he's still young. He'll only be 22 years old. And he might have figured out what his issues is. And the next thing you know, he's he's blossoming, blossoming for another organization. And it was because of Sixers fans and their uh, uh, – them not being patient, I guess. Okay. Fultz, Fultz is not going to be the reason why they win a championship. You know, I mean, yeah, he'll be a nice floor general, but he doesn't need to be that guy that he doesn't need to play like a Kyrie for Philadelphia to be contenders for the East or for for a ship. You know, he just needs to be that floor general and get everybody else involved. And they got a backup point guard that can do that right now. Yeah. Speaking of of which, hey, Philly fans, if you really have a problem, have a problem with management for not putting T.J. McConnell in instead of Markel Fultz, because T.J. McConnell is doing better than Markel Fultz, but yet management wanted to put Fultz in for whatever reason. I don't know. That's because he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. T.J. McConnell is your backup point guard. Talk about tell management and coach to do that. Put him in. Give him more minutes. How about that? (laughs) Well, I guess the only thing that can be said for the 76ers fans is that their old GM, um, Brian Calandula, is no longer with the team, and Elton Brand is there now. So, you know, make your first move the best move. So it looks like his uh, first move with Jimmy Butler, even though I still have some questions about what they had to give up to get him, I think in the short term is going to be well for them. I mean, you're right. 
you have to blame management. I mean, when you had Jason Tatum, DeAndre Fox, hell, even Dennis Smith, I mean, out there. Oh, excuse me, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> who's putting in work. And then you get Markel Fultz. So that's how many, but how many of those guys are point guards? Donovan Mitchell and, uh, or any of them point guards? No, um, Don Mitchell is a shooting guard. DeAndre Fox is a point guard. Uh, you could have even Frank. Oh, De'Aaron oh. Fox? Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't going to get past two. Philly, uh, who, who, who did – Philly traded who for the number one spot? They uh, traded the rights of – well, they traded um, the number three pick for the number one pick with Boston. So right. Boston would have – So Boston would have had that first pick. And they probably still would have picked uh, Tatum. They probably would have still picked Tatum. Right. I think it was, but I think they really gave them the number one pick that they traded with Boston. Yep. Swap picks, and they gave them another pick for, like, another year. Yep. And Boston – so Boston got the player that they wanted and Philly's second, or I forgot what round pick that they had. So they got just more assets. And, it's, and, the, and the, the Celtics are still loaded with draft picks, and that's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think that uh, some of the players are going to get out of there, man. Yeah. If, if Kyrie don't leave, I guarantee uh, – what's his name is out. He ain't going to stick around there no more. Uh, Rose, uh, Rozier? Yeah, yeah, he seems to be a – he – I don't know. He he might be the odd man out, but you never know with, with Danny Ainge. They got a problem. Boston really has a problem. Bouncing out all these minutes for all these players, mm-hmm. uh, they, they got a big problem. They need to get their act together soon. Yeah, somebody's going is going to be, you know. I I still think Kyrie's going to leave. I think Kyrie's going to go to the Knicks next season. Who knows? But anyway, we're around right about that time, fellas. So, uh, you know, you want to take anyone for subscribing to the podcast and you know listen to us chitter chatter and banter. Um, and, I like the, and I like this sweatshirt that um, that Ace has on. Got to represent, baby. Wow. <laughs> so, everybody, let them know where, you, where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Twitter and the gram at J.E. Ross, the number seven. Once again, we want to say thank you to everybody for, um, for subscribing and listening to us. We also want to thank um, mybookie.com for, um, for, for being our sponsors. And um, until the next time, uh, peace and soul. Deuces. Bless. Message. <laughs> <laughs>